Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. I love this logo. Uh, it, it reminds us of the two main thoughts of Because It Matters. First of all, the, the logo is meant to, to picture each one of us kneeling at the foot of the cross, confessing our sins, claiming again God's marvelous forgiveness uh, in Christ. The cross matters to each of us. And then the, the logo also then has this idea that, that we're lifting up our hands and praise. We're looking up to heaven, but we're what we have experienced at the foot of the cross, we want the rest of the world to know. So the cross matters and the mission matters. So I would invite you to turn to uh, page 1161 if you have uh, pew Bibles. Uh, I will need that ladder up here. So if somebody could grab that ladder and put it right here beside me, that would be marvelous. And I'm going to pull out my trusty phone and look up the text. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. That's the side, Bob. You got it. That's that's great, right? Where is that? All right. So 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Notice how I'm giving all of you time to look on the phone for it. All right, so this is part of what Paul wrote to the Christians in Corinth uh, to uh, help them as they gathered an offering for the poor in Jerusalem. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on our part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love you have kindled in, we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. So what I'd like to do is I would like to start with the end of the lesson. Uh, There are a couple of reasons why I want to start there. First of all, because the word grace is there. Maybe you noticed as I read over that text and as you were skimming yourself that four times the word grace appears. It's a marvelous reminder to us that as we talk about Christian giving, this is a miracle of God's grace. When we heard that Old Testament lesson from 1 Chronicles 29, King David said that that he 
uh, gave his offering willingly and with honest intent. That's not something that happens naturally. That's a miracle that the Holy Spirit has to work in us. It is a gift of grace. And so as we talk about Christian giving, let's celebrate that it is a gift of grace. And then I wanted to start here because it's in this last verse that we're reminded of this marvelous exchange that even though Christ was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. So Jesus had all things as the eternal Son of God. All the angels of heaven were worshiping and praising him from eternity. But he chose to become poor. And maybe you notice that the order of the signs are inverted. Just a little story behind this. Somebody saw that and went, Oh! They're in the wrong order. we got to change them. And I said, no. they got to be this order. Because when we invert them, we are able to see how Jesus, who was rich, became poor for us. Jesus is the ultimate initial giver. Even though he, as God, had all things, he humbled himself and became a human being. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. That, that was his initial gift into the world, right? And then he was a consistent giver. Luke tells us that Jesus was obedient to his mom and dad. Throughout the Gospels, we see how consistent he was and his love for, for his disciples, who so very often disappointed him, and, and his consistent love even for those who opposed him. He was an intentional giver. In Luke chapter 9, it's about six months before Jesus' crucifixion, Luke tells us that Jesus steadfastly set his face to go up to Jerusalem. He knew what was waiting for him in Jerusalem, and he intentionally went up there to suffer and die for us. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see him as the surrendered giver. You know, even though he is God, equal with the Father, as he becomes a human being, he experiences the same kind of emotions that we do. So as he knew the suffering and death that was awaiting him that next day. As he knew that the Father would place all of the guilt of the world on his shoulders as he hung there on the cross, that he would be forsaken by the Father, Jesus prayed, you know, Lord, Father, is there any other way? Can you take this cup from me? It's more than I can bear. But then he said, not my will, but yours be done. He was a surrendered giver. And because of all of that, he became a legacy giver. Every one of us here, those of you at the Bridge MKE, those of you worshiping with, uh, with us online, no matter where you are, right, you are worshiping right now because of the legacy that Jesus has given to each one of us. We, who were poor, who had nothing, 
have this promise that, that what Jesus left, the glory of heaven, that we will be able to experience, that, that we have the richness of, of perfect forgiveness and this life that will never end. We'll be singing praises with, our, that with the angel hosts. We are beneficiaries of Jesus as the legacy giver. Now, in the song that Mike Wessendorf wrote, that is really the theme song for our message series, I believe he captured what that means for us. When, when we see that, that, that Jesus is the, the, the ultimate giver, that has an impact on us. So in the bridge that Mike wrote, he captures that. He's, he's referencing 2 Philippians chapter 2, where he said, He, Jesus, made himself nothing, took on our shame, paid all our debts so that we could be free, right? He, he climbed down this giving ladder to leave us a legacy. So what does that mean for us? The bridge goes on. Let me become nothing Christ would be everything so all the people around me would see that Christ Jesus is Lord to the glory of our God. That when we see that Jesus climbed down this giving ladder, more and more, we're seeing more and more of his commitment to us as the Savior, that we who are followers of Jesus are saying, I want to follow you down this giving ladder. I want to be like you. And that's what the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthians about. That we follow Jesus in this pattern of giving. So he writes, we want you to know about the grace. There it is again, grace. This is, this is all about God's grace. This whole discussion is mantled in grace. The perfect, loving forgiveness of our God. We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. So he's writing to the, the Christians in Corinth. Now Corinth is in what we would think of as southern Greece. And the Macedonian churches, the, the Philippians, the Thessalonians, they were up north. What at that time was called Macedonia, we would just call it northern Greece. So these northern Christians, he says, you know what? You southern Christians, I really want you to know what's going on among these northern churches. There's some amazing stuff going on. In the midst of a severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Now there's a math problem there that is not immediately apparent unless I write it this way. So their overflowing joy, they, they know that because Jesus who was rich became poor, that they have this incredible richness of forgiveness and eternal life. Their overflowing joy, their extreme poverty, they don't have much in the pocketbook, welled up in rich generosity. Now, I don't know why the translators chose to, to use the phrase rich generosity where everywhere else this world word is used it's the phrase singleness of purpose. And I believe that captures Paul's point much better. So their overflowing joy, they, they knew 
what Jesus had done for them. Their extreme poverty, we don't have much in the billfold. There's not much that we can do. We don't have limitless resources. And if you don't have limitless resources and you have this overflowing joy, guess what? You're going to say no to some things that, that are nice, that are great, but you have a singleness of purpose because you have this overflowing joy. And that singleness of purpose that I am going to do all that I can to carry out this uh, offering that Paul was writing about, that singleness of purpose, when Christians have that kind of singleness of purpose, it is amazing to see. And that's what Paul talks about. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. I love this idea. Beyond their ability. So the Apostle Paul is writing uh, uh, as, a, as a Jewish Christian. And the Jews in the Old Testament were commanded to tithe, give 10%. So here this Jewish Christian is looking at those northern Christians up, uh, up in Macedonia who don't have much, and he just says, man, they gave. I, I wonder what they gave. How, how was their response? It must have been amazing. They gave beyond what Paul ever thought would be possible. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing or partnering in this service to the saints. This is another great reminder that, that as we talk about the grace of giving, this whole idea of giving mantled in grace, it is also an expression of partnership. The offering that they were gathering was an expression of partnership. They were gathering, the Greek Christians in, in, in Greece and, and Asia Minor, what is today Turkey, Ephesus and Troas and Colossae, those churches were gathering uh, an offering for the poor in Jerusalem, the, the Jewish Christians. There was a vast cultural difference between the, the Greek church and the Jewish church. And yet, by gathering this offering, they were forming a partnership. We're saying we are all in this together. That is one of the marvelous things about our offerings, that we form this marvelous partnership. And, and when there is this overflowing joy and this, this singleness of purpose, there is this desire in Christians to say, how can I do more to express this marvelous partnership that I have with my fellow Christians? And Paul says they exceeded our expectation. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. You see, surrendered giving starts with a surrendered life, right? First they gave themselves to the Lord. God-pleasing, God-honoring giving really has very little to do with how thick your billfold is, how much is in your purse, or what's in your bank account. God-pleasing Christian giving is really all about what is here. Am I willing to give myself, first of all, to the Lord, that this is my single purpose in life? I am here to serve you, Lord, because you who were rich became poor so that I might have eternal riches with you in heaven. Lord, I am here for this purpose, to serve you, not my will, but your will 
be done. And Paul says, I want you southern Christians to know about what's happening up in the northern churches. Why was it so important? It's because the generous giving of God's people encourages others. When we respond generously, other people will see that and be encouraged to respond generously as well. So Paul is using the, the, the generosity of the Macedonian church to encourage the, the Corinthian church. Look at what God in his grace has done up there. This is amazing. Let's celebrate that and, and, and see them as, as role models. But what's interesting is you read through into 2 Corinthians 9 where Paul talks about this giving uh, initiative all the way through 8 and 9. Paul shares that, that he had used the Corinthians as role models for the Macedonians. You see, Paul had started talking about this offering in Corinth and the Cor Corinthian Christians, the, the Southerners, had made a marvelous commitment to this offering. And, and Paul said, you know, when I went up north, I used your example of commitment to encourage your fellow Christians up north. And now their completion of the offering can encourage you as you bring your offering to completion. That we can encourage each other. And that's one, why, one reason why in the, in the booklet uh, we just use some of the, the miracles of grace that God has worked in our congregation in the past to encourage us. You know, the last time we had a major giving campaign like this was in 2008. Anybody remember what happened in 2008? Crash. Great recession, right? Horrible time. Extreme poverty. Some of you experienced extreme poverty. Losing houses, losing jobs. And yet God worked miracles in you, his people. Extreme poverty, overflowing joy welled up in rich singleness of purpose. Last month we celebrated that, that the $3.3 million expense of building this gymnasium and the Trinity Cafe and two classrooms, that was wiped out six years early. And in the midst of that, we even raised an extra million dollars, the cool million, to, to catch up on some needed maintenance items. Amazing what God has worked through you in the past. Let that encourage you as you think about your response. Because now I believe this is our defining moment over and over again in the history of our church, 166 years, we have experienced defining moments where God's people saw an opportunity to impact ministry in the future in ways that they wouldn't even know. You know, I just want to just remind you that in 2008, when we were... Nobody had thought about it. It was not discussed. It was God provided us a tool 
a building, and about two years after it was done, we said, hey, there's another way that we can use this building. And think of the hundreds of people who have been blessed through this ministry here at MKE and online. This is our defining moment to, to say, Lord, use us to bless the future as God's people in the past, past have blessed us. People that we don't even know yet will be blessed through our generosity in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. And so, let's seek to excel in the grace of giving. Now, I love this passage. Since you excel in everything. Now, the Corinthian congregation wasn't perfect. I mean, you read First and Second Corinthians, and, and, and it's... This is a problem congregation, all kinds of issues. But Paul could celebrate. God's grace is active here. The Holy Spirit is working. You know, we have our issues too, right? Our congregation isn't perfect. But let us seek to excel. Excel in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, in your love. I love that, that, that whole idea of let's excel, Right? Who of us doesn't want to excel in faith so that when troubles come into our lives and, and there's, there's just this disaster, maybe health disaster, financial disaster, whatever it is, uh, you know, issues come into our lives that, that we can respond shalom. Everything is all right because we have a God who is in the heavens, who controls all things and who loves us. I can just trust him. Shalom. Who of us doesn't want to say, Lord, increase my faith. Increase my love and my speech. Help me be more loving in the way that I talk to people, right? Who of us doesn't want to excel in that way? And if we want to excel in that way, then, then let's also seek to excel in the grace, the miracle of giving. So we take a look at this giving ladder. And, and it just is a reminder to us that we're all in different places on this giving ladder. As we seek to follow our Savior, as he gave, so we also want to give. Some of you may be at that initial giver, and I think about when I was a teenager, and, and I started working for the first time, and I made a buck sixty an hour, and I put a $5 bill into the offering plate. Oh, man, that was hard, because that was three hours of my time that I was given to the Lord. That was hard. Much harder than giving the quarter that my mom and dad would give me and then drop in, you know, you did that too, right? Maybe it was a buck. Oh, if, if, if God has moved you to say, okay, I've experienced the joy of Christ and, and I want to give for the first time, God be praised. That's, that's a miracle. Let's celebrate that. Maybe some of you are at that, that point where you're going, I, I know I need to become more consistent, you know, that I actually think about what I'm giving, and I give regularly. M maybe you're at that point where you're going, okay, I, I, I give regularly, but I, I honestly don't know what percentage of that is. You know, in the Old Testament, God commanded 10% in Christian freedom. We decide what percentage we give, but, but I don't even know what percentage I'm giving. Maybe your next step is to say, Lord, help me become more intentional, to think through where am I. Maybe I'm at 2% and I want to grow to 4%, or maybe I'm at 5% and I want to grow to 7%. Or maybe you're at that point in your life where you're going, 
every dime is already spent before I make it. You know, I got the, the house payment and the car payment and the credit card bills and, and tuition payments, and, and there's just no disposable income left. Maybe you're at that point where you have to say, okay, Lord, help me be a surrendered giver. Give me that sense of singleness of purpose so that over the next couple of years, I can make life decisions that will open up some space in my budget so that I can be generous like I want to be. And maybe some of you are, are at that point in life where you go, I've got more disposable income than I'd ever imagined. You know, the, the kids are out of the house or, you know, you, you've gotten uh, promotions that you could never have dreamed and, and you're just going, maybe I'm at that point in my life where I can give the largest gift I've ever given. That I, that I, I want to leave a legacy to, to, to people that I don't even know yet to be generous in a way that I could never have dreamed of being generous 20 years ago. Where are you on on that giving ladder? We're all in different places. That's okay. You know, and, and when you look at this, I guarantee that there is a part of you, because all of us have a sinful nature, that responds with a sense of guilt and shame. I don't measure up, maybe even anger. How dare you talk to me about giving because I'm already guilty enough. And I just want to remind you how the Apostle Paul goes on in this text. In verse 12 of this chapter, he says, If the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. The gift is acceptable. The Apostle Paul, or Peter, summarizes this so well in 1 Peter chapter 2. He says, you also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Next week, when we bring our giving intentions for the next two years forward, We are giving them at the foot of the cross of Christ. That we are humbly kneeling before the cross of Christ, confident that the gifts and intentions that we give are acceptable to God. Not because we've done everything right and perfect, but because God the Father looks at them through Jesus. You see, this whole thing is mantled in grace, remember? Four times the Apostle Paul talks about grace in this section. So what's holding you back as you think about your next step on this giving ladder? What fears do you have about making your intention over the next two years? What guilt is Satan using to burden you? As you consider your response, 
Start by kneeling at the foot of the cross and just confessing all of that stuff. And then remember, this whole issue is mantled in grace. You know, as I was carrying my preaching gown over, somebody said, oh, that's, that's pretty high church for me. It's like, well, one of the nice things about preaching gowns is I can have a wrinkled and stained shirt and you never know it because it covers it. So let's remember, as you prayerfully consider your response, that you're giving, it's mantled in grace, right? Perfectly covered. Perfectly forgiven. I think we better listen to the testimony since I accidentally clicked it. Enjoy.
triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What an awesome and humbling thing it is to ponder your love. From before the creation of the world, you thought of each and every one of us in this room today and every man, woman, and child who has walked and will walk the face of the earth. From before the beginning of the world, you planned to love us. You planned to have a relationship with us. You invested yourself in us first as the creator, as you gave us this world. And you laid out the plan of life and breath and blessings from your hand. And even when from eternity you saw that our first parents would, would reject your love and grab hold of, of, of self-rule and grab hold of the thought of Satan, yet in your love and singleness of purpose, you determined not to let us die. You determined to send the second person of the triune God who would become Jesus Christ, born of the Virgin Mary, to die for the sins of the world. And when he came to walk this earth, he was focused each and every day on our salvation. He planned to walk only 33 years as our brother. But he planned to rise for forever as our brother through faith in him. And we are privileged this day to know Jesus as our Savior and Lord and to know that we have this amazing relationship with the Almighty God to share with our world that it is a gift open to everyone through faith in Jesus. And that's what this place and this space and this people is all about. Singleness of focus on Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the world's Savior from sin. Heavenly Father, we don't know how many days you have planned yet for this earth, but we know that you have given us a voice to speak for you, love to love like you, and, and resources to share you with our world. Bless each and every one of us as we ponder how we might be a part of this giving initiative at St. Paul's and at the bridge. Your will be done with what we finally build. But Lord, surprise us all, no matter where we are on this issue, surprise us all because your will will be done, your gospel will be preached, and we will shine for the world no matter what you want that to look like in our Lord and Savior Jesus. So be our God, be our inspiration, be our Savior. Continue being the future of this church, even as you are today. All these things, Lord, we bring before you today with humility, but thanksgiving and praise and confidence because of Christ our Savior. And now we bring before you the prayer that our Savior, our brother, taught us that collects all the thoughts of your people into one. We pray the Lord's Prayer together, words for us on the screen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in heaven give us today our daily bread forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for the kingdom the power and the glory are yours now and forever amen and now receive with believing hearts the blessing of our God whose singleness of purpose is to save each and every one of us through faith in his Son, the Savior of the world. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you his peace. And together, God, God's people say, 
Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ Sermon Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.